Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna, and today I'm here with the amazing Rhonda Ray. How are you doing? Hey, good to see you. I'm doing great. We've got sunshine and warm weather here in Texas today, so I'm smiling. Oh, awesome. I try to send it from Florida. I'm trying to get the cool weather here, but uh, no one seems to send it this far south. I don't know why. Right, because we think that you get enough of it, so we're, we're trying to keep it. Well... I will gladly share it if you could send some cold. Okay. 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 Well, so I'd love to start off with the most difficult question ever. Okay. I promise only difficult question I hope. Okay. Who is Rhonda Ray? <laughs> um, a person I'm I'm meeting every day, you know. I I discover new things about myself all the time and my favorite, one of my favorite words in this season of life is the word fluid. The, the music industry is fluid. Um, and, and I'm all about not, not having to stay in the box of the status quo. And I'm, I'm this seeker of truth person, probably first and foremost, if there's one thing about me that's been there since inherent since birth, because I'm just a truth seeker. And I'm not really interested in having all the answers or being right or figuring out who's wrong. I just want to live in the truth. But that changes all the time. That's that fluid word again, where I learn something new. I discover something different. My perspective changes. I hear a perspective from someone else that makes me think differently about something I thought that was so, so settled and sure. And uh, uh, I'm a person that's not afraid to say, I don't know. You know, there's a lot I don't know. And one of my favorite quotes is from Joni Mitchell. She just said, everybody's wrong about everything. And I think that's really true. You know, Um, I don't, I, I'm a very passionate, loyal person who has always been described as someone who, if I said I'm out of the box, they say, you you don't even know there is a box. And I think that's been a frustrating thing in my life where I've, Yes, to their perspective, I can see where they say that, but I didn't necessarily know that for a long time. I was like, there is a box over there and I can't seem to fit there. And then there's me over here for a long time with a lot of passion and drive and really good intentions, just maybe not as much wisdom, not as much life experience, not as much... um, Mm, I don't know. I guess you just grow up (laughs) part of growing up. So I'm definitely not grown up yet, but I like who I am today a whole lot. I love doing music. I've been a music person since I was very little. And uh, I love music because it is a truth telling vehicle. And um, I love the way songs The songs are an extension of me, of course, but they become our songs when we share them with each other, our stories. 
And there's just this amazing exchange of truth that happens, especially in the, the live shows. So everything in my life does this. It's not like, this is my music over here. This is my fun over here. This is my, this over here. It's always been like, like this for me. Um, and when I've tried to put everything in their tidy boxes and categorize them, it's not ever made me very happy or fulfilled. And I've had to just go back to this. So no. I think that's great because I mean, seriously, I mean, that's just being open and being you. That's all it is. Just yeah. being you. Yeah. yeah. So you have some amazing music out and I just want to talk about uh, your latest release, which was like about a year ago, whatever, uh, walking away. Now um, tell me what inspired that song in itself. Um, and I, and I know all songs off albums are your baby. So I don't want to be like, pick your favorite. Like sometimes I do that yeah. to people, but you know, I won't do that today. I'll just be, just tell me about walking away and how, uh, how inspirational. Yeah, that's true. They, they also, I always say I'm in the, cause I'm not married. I don't have children. I don't have any pets. And I always say I'm in this season of life of birthing and raising song babies. And you, that's true. You want them all to grow up and do well and have their chance in the world to be all they were meant to be. But walking away is, it's interesting that uh, it's always been my favorite song I've written. And I don't know why uh, I can't explain it. I, it's not because I think it's the best or that it's whatever about it. I've just always really loved it. And I loved what the life it took on in the studio um, in production because the drums really informed everything that happened production wise uh, with that groove and the space in it and what the keys do, do is just um, very unique. But the thing about walking away is, um, you know, we all have those should have, could have, would have. And a lot of people think that I wrote this about me and they all ultimately are about yourself because it's, it's just what art does. But I really wrote this about someone else's story. And, uh, but when we walk away from things that no longer serve us, we ultimately return to ourselves. And I think that's the bottom line takeaway of it. After having written the song years ago, the song released, it was the first single, the title track of the album that was released in December of last year. So, um, yeah, it's almost been out a year. Uh, having this much time to think about it, you know, to get that bottom line of walking away, what will it take to convince me that I'll be okay without you? And that you could be a lot of things. So, um, Yeah. Very true it could be an addiction it could be a person it could be yeah yeah that's, that's stuff you yeah. know i've been getting rid of stuff like we were talking before about my transition in life mm -hmm. i'm going through right now and it's funny how a thing you can be so attached to a thing you know even mm -hmm. but the whole album really is is a is about finding your own truth you know it's about personal truth I think after kind of being, you know, you, you, uh, an, an author that I love will say, you know, I wrote a book and I put out all the words that I, everything I know is in this book. I don't have anything left. And then you want me to go on a book tour and say more things about the words I wrote in the book. And that's how I felt about an album. It's like, I wrote the song, listen to the song, 
it you tell me what it means to you but i had a a marketing person help me open up to telling the story about the songs a little bit more and i really appreciated that process because it opened me up to back to the central point of truth about myself and as i've gone through each song in the album this year and and sharing it with people and writing about the songs and hey this is my song this is what it's about giving people a reason to push play um (laughs) my own search for personal truth and integrity and from from one songwriter um I can honestly, that's where my bread and butter is. I want to know the the behind it. You know, it's like yeah. that whole story in business. You want to know the why? Well, I want to know where your story comes from. And and we get inspiration from so many different venues. And whether we have a single muse or we have a tweet or whatever, you know, we get so many different inspirations. And some of it's very personal. Some of it's, you know, more storytelling than really personal. But it's still part of us. And that's so true. So yeah, and it's that vulnerability thing. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I just don't want to let anybody in anymore. But I do the same thing. If once I really connect with an artist or an actor or a show, uh, if I'm really into a show, I'm gonna look up every actor or actress. I'm gonna look up. Well, I want to know where they filmed it. I want to know all of these things about it. Yeah. Everything, and then I just have this amazing connection that opens me up to be able to do my own art. Absolutely. So who are some of the women that inspire you? I, I love Chrissy Hind of the Pretenders. Um, she's my my number one female rock uh, hero. And if I had to say one thing about what she does, she taught me how to break the rules. And uh, there's a right way to break the rules. And I, I never appreciated her greatness until I tried to do what she does, meaning tried to cover a song and where I never I'm not a good like I'm not like a tribute artist but I will try to learn a cover song based on like what's a new skill I want to learn what's a song that I love what's something that we can do in a band uh, without too much rehearsal just because of logistics what is something a sub player can come in and do on the fly you know what can I do justice to and man oh man it was and i'll try to learn it like them knowing that when i perform it it's gonna come out like me but i'll try Mm -hmm. to learn something new from that artist and when i tried to do what she does i was like this chick is unbelievable and so i i love chrissy hine i love and a brandy carlisle i love Hart. i love ann wilson and i love nancy wilson um, there's just so many Joan Jett. I mean, for all the struggles that I face as a female in this industry, nobody's throwing a beer bottle at me for playing guitar. I mean, yeah. I love Pat Benatar. I love, uh, I love Lizzie Hale. I love, um, gosh, so many, so many. Absolutely. Steven we could, we, could, we could probably go on all day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. Fun oh. topic. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned Lizzie Hale because I was just thinking of her the other day, and you know, it's funny because we we're both from Pennsylvania in the same near the same area, and I'm like, I remember okay. someone telling me to check her out before they were big, and they like brought uh, this like 
CD, like burned home burn CD almost. And I'm like, it was so good. I was like, oh, it's good stuff. And yeah. So. Yeah. They really were yeah. like, you know, her and her brother playing in malls, mm -hmm. just the yeah. two of them. And, you know, 20 years behind their success. Mm -hmm. And I heard a great interview with, I think it, it was Lizzie and I can't remember who did the interview with her, but how they were like one of the last bands to get one of the old school record deals to really blow them up right before it all changed to where we're all just indies out here flailing about, you know, yeah. and uh, how, how they just got in on that cusp to blow up so big and, but how well-deserved, how incredible they all are. And I just, I just love her, love her. Absolutely. So how did you get started in music? Was it like, I was always going to destined to do this my whole life? Or was there like a pivotal moment that you're like, I want to do that. And that's my calling. I think in some ways, I think that's all true. Um, I started on piano when I was six. I played instruments growing up. I always wanted to play drums and guitar. And my mom, now this is my remembrance of it. She may remember it differently. We have a lot of that. I wanted to play the drums and she didn't want that. And I was like, well, saxophones are in rock bands. So I'll do that. And I would dabble with the guitar, but I never stuck with it very long. I learned, I could learn, pick stuff up on my own. Once you have like a piano bass, you can do just about anything. And I was, but I was also involved in sports and I was pretty well-rounded. And I, I feel like I kind of, I didn't really like the structure of the way I was brought up in music, but I love <laughs> rock and roll and I had the, the cool aunt, my mom's sister, so cool and it was when she was a teenager, I was little and I'd watch MTV with her back when it was music videos. And, you know, she, I'd watch her get dressed to go out and she looks like Pat Benatar and the whole deal, you know, and just that whole era of that kind of rock and roll and would put on concerts in her bedroom and just so into this music and, then I put it all down for a long time. I, I actually rodeoed and trained horses for like 20 years of my life. I was very passionate about that. Thought I would do that forever. Loved, loved, loved everything I did. I've done everything you could do with a horse and a cow. And I just had a desire to start writing again. And I started, but I wouldn't let myself get into music. I had a real, I don't know if it's some artist self-sabotage thing that we do. But I never really thought about it. But I wouldn't let myself entertain any idea of music. I was like, well, I could write these poems. I could write, I'll write poems. And I went to Austin and I was like, I just feel like I have these songs in me. I'd, I'd pick guitar back up. I was playing on my own just for myself. It's like, I feel like I have these songs in me, but I don't know how to get them out. And I went on a little few-day trip to Austin, went to the Saxon Pub and met some really cool people there. And I don't really know what happened, but I came back home and wrote three songs. 
I think two of them are on my first album and it was just kind of off to the races and I was working for this ranch at the time and the work got really slow around the holidays, which is happens. And I thought, well, if I'm going to like see what this is like and have this experience, uh, this would be the time to do it. So it's some open mics and I remember leaving. I mean, I was like, I had to get up early to go to work. I went to bed early. I mean, I maybe didn't fall asleep, but I was an early to bed, early to rise person. Um, and I remember leaving my house at 9 p.m. on a Monday night to go to an open mic in Denton, Texas, thinking, what in the heck am I doing? And I got there and... I was real nervous, of course. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. But I was like, all these people were playing these. They weren't even, couldn't even play a song through. And I was like, well, I can at least play it all my song through. And I had these original songs and a couple covers that I I knew. Yeah. And uh, I did that and went to another one. And then someone invited me to uh, kind of like uh, in Texas, they do a lot of these song swap things where you take turns playing and really don't like to do those anymore but kind of invited to go do something like that or play a few songs or sit in or whatever and then someone paid me like 25 dollars and I was like someone will pay me to do this and the hustle was on you know and I was I just started booking shows and I started going around and here I am you know and it, but if I never set out really with an end in mind other than I love rock bands and it was like, it's sort of that whole search for personal truth thing of, well, I'm comfortable right now that I write these songs. I'm not saying I'm good. I'm not saying that I'm a star. I'm not saying anything, but here are these songs. People seem to think these are good. And then it just kind of progressed over time of, you know, my ultimate thing is what I do with my band. And I, I love Bruce Springsteen, too. And um, big rock shows, just I get off on big rock shows. <laughs> I need to <laughs> probably put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> that would be a so, great T-shirt. Yeah. I see new merchandise in your future. Yes. I love me some new merchandise. That's so awesome. And, you know, and again, this comes back to the story of how do people get started? And it's just, it's so interesting. Everyone's story is different. Even some yeah. of them that seem the same, they're still different. It's just, it's, it's always good to yeah. hear. And I mean, every year there's a point where I think I'm, maybe I should quit or maybe I should whatever. And it's not about, see, people will go into this whole, I don't know what to call it, but it's a good thing to question it to me because if I'm not willing to have the true answer what am I doing especially mm -hmm. if I'm going to be an artist if I'm going to be an artist or am I going to be a con artist like which am I going to be because you have to be some sort of seeker of truth to be an artist and so yeah. every year I go through some kind of breakdown like where whether it happens because of something external something internal something around me it's a genuine quest to be like what am i supposed to be doing with my life and every time i go through that face that get 
the answer or the direction and start moving that way, I just get opened up to a whole new life experience, whole new possibility, just a whole new thing. So, yeah. I think more of us need to do that more often, you know, in general. Yeah, and then we put the art out, at least I do, hoping people grab a small bit of that. It's almost like, you know, you put a Facebook post out and the algorithm is so... that only a small percentage of your people are going to see when put out. It's so manipulative. And it's like I put this huge truth that I've given my whole being and life over to know. And you put it out in this three-minute song or this few sentences of a web copy and you hope someone gets a tiny bit of it that they can have for themselves and it's almost addicting and frustrating all at the same time Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely go ahead no i was just saying it's a very strange industry in that sense that you know, you can work and work and work. And sometimes it feels like, what am I doing? Like, what, like, where's it yeah. going? Why isn't, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I finally, after a, a very long story of about five or seven years, I've, of a bunch of just crap lessons finally got the first EP made. Well, then it was COVID. It's 2020, but I wasn't going to, we got it made right at the beginning. And I was like, I am not going to be held back because of this. Like I, I did what I could to release it and, uh, got to turn around and make the second album, you know, in a reasonable amount of time. And you want to, as an indie artist, a lot of people don't know what indie artist means. Independent, you don't have a record label, back big money backing you. A record deal is a loan. It's not, they don't give you free money to be rich. You pay that back through touring and merchandise. And the artist is the last one to get paid in either scenario. So I'm trying to learn all I can because I want my, back to what we were just talking about, I want my songs to compete. I want people to hear them. I, a lot, I spent a lot of time, almost my only internal business com- conversation now in my head is how do I make people care about this? And I know that pe- there's people that care, but, you know, how do I make people care? How do I make people want to want this? And so, but you, you, I released these first two albums. I had a lot of people promising a lot of things. I had a lot of people uh, not deliver, uh, break my heart. You break my heart. Yes, that's a song on my album. And to come into this year, going into 2023, still promoting the last album, still got songs that to talk about, 
can still revisit the first album and talk about that more. I'm better at talking about it now. But I just to take the year to, to just like I've had to switch it because for the indies, everywhere you look, there's somebody telling you, here's my program for being a successful indie artist. And if you follow this, you are going to have success. If they, if, if it was going to work, be doing it for themselves. I followed them. I've tried it. I've done it and fine. But I, there's just like a bunch of snake oil salesmen out there with mm -hmm. Mark. They're great marketers. God, we're good marketers. And I've just had to switch my, where I put quality of life before everything, not business. And it had gotten out of balance with doing two albums and wanting people to hear them business first. And I can't live like that. So now the artist is going to be back in the forefront. So this next year we'll be touring. This next year will be connection in person in live shows um, and revisiting my library, my catalog of songs, writing what, what do I need to say for the next album, you know, um, and planning towards another album. But I, I don't know why I got on that tangent or what you even asked me at this point, but, um, but this whole thing of the business and the artist and, trying to be an indie and what that means and how fluid it all is and how it's there's no rules um that's the next phase of the journey for me is quality of life quality of work genuine connection and we'll we'll see what happens absolutely absolutely i mean how could that's just being yourself again that's finding your own way your own path and i think that's really like any indie artist, everyone's different. Like some of them might yeah. do some of the same things. Um, I know one person that she will book herself. She has, she's a very type A person. She's boom, boom, boom. Like she can do that. And, you know, and then I have a friend that, you know, she's like, yeah, I don't want to book myself. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm like, whatever. Someone books me, I'm good. It's like, you know, so they want help with that. So you, you see those, the different artists within, you know, and it's very unique, I think, in everyone. Everyone finds their own way, their own path. And uh, I think that's just something you as the artist can can say, yes, this is my path or not my path or, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So would you like to get into our 20 crazy questions? I'm a little nervous, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I promise we won't get arrested yet. Okay. And you don't good. have any pets to worry about, so you're good. I have pets, no, so I have to worry good. about them if I get arrested. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm so, I'm good. <laughs> well, so tell me, what is your dance like nobody's watching song? The song you absolutely have to dance to. Mm. Dancing in the dark, Bruce Springsteen. Nice. Great pick. In your opinion, what's the perfect workout song? I go to um, anything by Rage Against the Machine. Nice. Tell me, top two favorite concert you've ever attended? I have not been to a lot of concerts in my life. Paul McCartney. Mm. 
Hootie and the Blowfish. Awesome. Awesome. I've, I've seen Hootie and Blowfish. Paul McCartney, not at all, but yeah. I get to see Bruce Springsteen in February and have really good seats because somebody gifted me with this experience. And that will be up. That'll be amazing. But I haven't awesome. done it yet. Okay, well, then we'll have to re-ask this question after that. And you can... Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, there's three. I have to add a yeah. third. Okay. <laughs> well, tell us, music recommendations, uh, artists or albums we need to listen to before we die. Um, Anything by Brandy Carlisle, for sure. But that depends on my mood, also. <laughs> um, Bruce Springsteen, Darkness on the Edge of Town. I love the Pretender's newest album, Hate for Sale. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's phenomenal to be uh, 70 and doing your best work. That's yeah. that's my goal. Um, uh, the Pretty Reckless had, had a new release out this year, mm -hmm. and it was really phenomenal. Um, yeah. I mean, that could, I could go on and on on that question. Yeah, Those are some great choices, for sure. So, now, do you have any guilty pleasure music? You know, the music no one knows you actually listen to? I mean, I love soul music. Mm -hmm. I love to sing it. I love, uh, like, Marvin Gaye. Um, I mean, I know that's kind of like, who doesn't love Marvin Gaye? But I'm all <laughs> right? about big rock shows, big rock shows. But I love, like, Crosby, Stills, and Nash because I love, love harmonies as a harmony singer for somebody for a long time and very passionate about harmonies. I love like Buffalo Springfield. Mm. I love Frank Take Sinatra. Take me back to Laurel Canyon here. Yes. I mean, for real. I love all, the, all that great stuff. I can't think of anything uh, really off the wall. Um, occasionally I'll put on something like instrumental that's like spa music, but <laughs> I can't think of just an off the wall artist that, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll even occasionally listen to some eighties or nineties country or even older. Um, but you know, again, I feel like that's like universal across the board, accepted as really good, good stuff. So. Yeah. It's all good music. Yeah. I honestly don't think there's really much guilty pleasure, you know, except for like, you know, someone has Baby Shark on their iPod. Maybe a little. Yeah, right. You know, as an adult, you know, but, but it's still, it's still catchy too, you know? It is. So, somebody's making a lot more money than I am off of that. Right? Somebody once, a uh, Paula Abdul song came on. Um, I can't. Do, 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 do. Say You Love Me song. <laughs> came on the radio and I like knew every word of it and they were just laughing the whole time because I knew it all. So maybe Paul Abdul, old school. Good stuff. That's for sure. So if I came to you and said, I need to hide a dead body, do you know a good place? For sure. I'm a country girl. <laughs> I know several places. Okay, perfect. I don't have to tell I'll you where, do you. I? <laughs> no, don't tell where. Yeah. I mean, that's going to blow the whole Texas thing. Texas is so a big arrested. place. Texas is a big place. Oh. So, do you have a game plan for zombie apocalypse? Uh, 
man, I'm going to be so far in the mountains or somewhere that I'm going to be like the last person that they find. Wait it out. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, tell me, is there a job that you would be terrible at doing? Connected to run as I come. Uh, yeah, anything <laughs> that revolves like waiting tables or like being a Starbucks, sorry, Starbucks barista. <laughs> I'd be so bad at that. It would be terrible. Okay, so I won't order a latte. I'll just get a regular coffee, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Tell me, what's the first thing you would do if you won the lottery? I would pay off my bills. <laughs> and then I'd start seeing how I can help my family. Oh, beautiful. I think most of us would do that. I think we're just all responsible adults at this point in our lives. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It's not that exciting. <laughs> and then start saving. I would live exactly as I am. And I would, mm -hmm. it would be all responsible stuff. Yeah. For a while. And then oh. make another record. See, and then you have extra money to promote it. Look at that. See, you don't have That's to worry right. about finances. It's right there. Boom. Yes. <laughs> well, so tell me, what's the last thing that you read? I'm always reading something, um, but Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Mm -hmm. I've read it like three times and listened to it probably twice. <laughs> so it's always in the Great rotation. But it's the one I just finished. Oh, perfect. And I'm going to say, if anyone listening hasn't read that book, you should go take the time and read that book after the interview. It's how I don't uh, stay conformed to the status quo. Hmm. Or helps me anyway. It's beautiful. So, do you prefer heels or boots? Boots. <laughs> I had a feeling that was the answer, but you know. Yeah. Well, if we made a movie about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh my gosh. That's so hard because I don't want to sound like I I have some some actresses that I really love that I would that I will go like read a list of their movies and go watch them just because I love them as as actors and artists. Um I don't know. <laughs> it's really hard. Hmm. <laughs> Pardon me. Oh. If it was like alter ego, I would say a uh, uh, person that cracks me up is Chelsea Handler. But <laughs> I'm not really like her <laughs> at all. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. I I gotta I gotta pass. I just I can't even think. No, okay, we well, then we're going to have to wait up. to start, start the production because we don't have an, uh, a lead actress yeah. now. So uh, <laughs> I would probably pick someone that was obscure, that, but talented and fit the role, but was not like a big celebrity name. Yeah. That's totally what I would do. That's a great choice then. I'm sure. Find someone. Yeah. So this is a little bit challenging question. Where's Waldo? sixth grade <laughs> my sixth grade person 
1980-something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank God you didn't say he's behind me. Someone did that, and it was near Halloween, and I'm like, this is not funny. Not funny no. at all. I feel like this is a horror movie Waldo or something, so, yeah. Someone's oh. bank account that made a lot of money off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little cartoon book, and you have to find a character, yeah. and here you go, yeah. Oh, great invention. Tell me, in your opinion, what's the best thing since sliced bread? Hmm. Those little cups of holy guacamole that are Ooh. individual sizes so your avocados mm. don't go bad. And you just, I love those. And the store has been out of them. So I haven't had them with my breakfast lately. Oh, man. How yeah. do you run out of guacamole or avocados? I don't get it. It's the holy guacamole, single serves. <laughs> That's it. This is their, the greatest thing since sliced oh. bread. <laughs> so would you rather cook or order in? Order in, cook. I cook like scrambled eggs. I don't. I don't cook. Mm -mm. <laughs> I don't even have an oven. <laughs> well, that I totally understand. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't say we've actually ever used our oven in our RV. Uh, mm -hmm. That's one thing we have not done, except for for storage yep. purposes. <laughs> yes. So, oh, what's the worst pizza topping in your opinion? Say that again. What's the worst pizza topping, in your opinion? Pineapple <laughs> does not belong on pizza. Sorry. I've gotten okay. pepperoni and mushrooms my entire life. If it's not pepperoni and mushrooms, I almost will pass on pizza. I could do just pepperoni, but no. <laughs> and cheese? What's that about? When am I, like, three years old? No. <laughs> well i will say if anytime you order pizza i'm in because apparently there's gonna be pepperoni and mushrooms and i love those so great oh what do you wish would magically clean itself my spreadsheets for organizing <laughs> venues for booking <laughs> <laughs> i know that's out of the box but that's what I wish would clean itself up. <laughs> that amount of that chaos would just clean it up, go right into the spreadsheet. That would be beautiful. Oh, as someone who works with a lot of data, I totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In, in January, when I don't have very many gigs intentionally, that's one of the things I'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Tell us something on your bucket list. Most of my bucket list involves big stages with my band. And it has nothing to do with money or fame, but that experience of the magic that happens in that kind of moment and experience. So bigger spaces, more places, bigger spaces. Yes, I can do it all by myself, but with my band, that's that's it. So, Red Rocks, let me know when you're playing there. I'll be there. Yes, yes. <laughs> Magical, that would be. If you could be any person like Dolly Parton, 
or a position like a CEO or accountant or a surgeon? What or who would you want to be for one day and why? Mm, wow, that's a really good question. Um, hmm. I have this, I always had a, I know she's passed away now, but always had this real fascination with Queen Elizabeth too. And I just think she was uh, usually what I would put as if you could ha meet anybody and have a conversation with them, who would it be? I usually put her down because like, you know, what is that like? And she was, her life was going in a different direction. <laughs> She was not supposed to ever be queen, and she loved the things I loved. She loved horses. She loved her dogs. She was in the freaking, she was a mechanic in the war. Yeah. She she rode motorcycles. Mm -hmm. She was like kind of a tomboy. And then her life just, and she did it so, the way she did it, and I just, for whatever you think about, it's not a you're asking about a person, not about a system. And as a person, mm -hmm. I just think if you could ever have a real conversation with somebody like that, it, I don't know if this is counts. It just would have been her when she was alive. I would have thought if she could actually be vulnerable enough to have a conversation with a person like me, I just think that would be, would have been outstanding. Yeah. And you know what? I think she would have been the person that would have done that. You know what I mean? Like she just seems that she was approachable. Yeah. You know, she did, you know, I, yeah. I would imagine that even though she was sheltered in so many ways, through a lot of hard lessons, she probably had some sort of, and just the fact of living that long of a life, you have to be able to have some sort of judge of character and mm -hmm. ability to follow your own intuition about, a moment that's happening in front of you, you know? Absolutely. So are there any words of wisdom that you live by? Uh, probably like live, live your dream. And something my mom said to me once uh, when I was facing a really tough decision, she said, be true to God and be true to yourself and it'll all work out. And that is in a line in the third verse of my song, Chains which is a song that always, every time I sing it, play it, reminds me who I am and who I'm supposed to be. So probably that be true to God, be true to yourself and it'll all work out. And it's the true to myself part that's tripped me up more than anything uh, in that equation. Well, I think that's great advice for sure. So next year, lots of touring, uh, yes. lots of writing, good stuff happening. Yes. Got to go live it. Uh, most people in my sphere know about my motorhome named the White Rabbits. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a vintage 1977 Revcon motorhome that's been completely re... Well, it didn't need much to be redone because it was already in really good shape, but been working on it for about a year getting it to already been making some shorter trips to Austin and college station, Texas. And about mid December, I'll be 
I'll be heading out for, for the year basically. And just, uh, going to be going out West to the West coast. No doubt. I'll be back through the Midwest as per usual down through Alabama, which is kind of a, a regular routing for me, but, uh, it's, you know, so if you want something different, you have to do something different. And, and I'm saying no to a lot of things right now, which can be scary because you, it affects your bank account. It costs something maybe upfront to invest in being in a different place uh, a year from now. And I've never approached this as a person who is going to sit in one spot and do one thing ever. I've always traveled since I was 16 years old and it never made sense to me in the music to play five nights a week on the same street. And a a lot of people do that. Um, But, but uh, I've always wanted to travel and go and I have done that. And, you know, I have a friend who's in a different part of the entertainment industry. who's a tour manager or somebody right now. And uh, he said, if you want to come to any of these shows, you let me know and I'll, you know, hook you up. And I was like, well, I'm out next weekend in my own tour bus doing my thing, you know, my motor home. And I wasn't, I wasn't being like uh, putting myself down with that mm-hmm. at all. I was just making the statement. And he just said, He's been a very encouraging voice in my life. And he just said, there's no rules to touring Rondo. You do it your way. And guess what? At the end of the day, I don't know anybody, anything. And, you know, if connection is connection, then I'll be on the bus on the road a lot. And coming back through Dallas-Fort Worth, we've got some plans where uh, there's going to be some band stuff happening in different new regions that I haven't been to since before COVID like 2018 I haven't been out to the West coast since 2017, 2018. And so, um, making music quality of life experience, human connection, writing, uh, living and seeing what needs to be said for another album towards the end of the year that I'll, I'll come back to here and make with my there. Eric Delgard at Real Time Audio with Denton, Texas, but uh, but I'm ex- really excited about this year, and to, uh, it's sort of like uh, one one of my influential people in my life, who's been very instrumental in financing my two albums and some other things. You know, he's. Retired military, special forces, very successful in business. And uh, he said it's in his career, it was like, you do all the right things, kind of waiting for lightning to strike. And I had this image of myself earlier. um, It's just like, there's a nakedness feeling to what I'm doing right now, discarding like, everything the world says you're supposed to have, especially for someone my age. Um, And really just following my heart and not recklessly, but kind of chips fall where they may. I'm quite certain that the right things are going to meet me, but it's almost like it's about doing what's essential. 
So I had this picture of me stripped down in a field with that light, waiting for lightning to strike image is the metaphor kind of for this season of my life. And what lightning striking for an independent artist is means to me is just relationships, be it either mentors, friendships, you know, things to help you move into the spaces you want to um, in the business. And I, I feel like the people that aren't in the industry here being famous, and that's not what I'm saying it at all. It's, I'm going to go wait, see, see if the lightning strikes, but I'm going to have a lot of quality of life while I'm doing it and do a lot of genuine work. And, uh, I'm really excited. I'm excited for you. So, well, I wish you well as you, uh, take off and embark, uh, in the next couple of weeks here and, uh, yeah, make you. sure you keep us posted where you're at and all the good stuff. And, uh, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. It was a really fun interview. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And uh, make sure you go all to go check out the links and descriptions and keep them on Rhonda where she's playing. And uh, hopefully you get to catch an awesome live show. Have a great day, yeah, everyone. Thanks. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode of Crazy Women Country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.